Hey everybody, welcome to JPD Weekly. So uh, today I'm going to do something a little special. Uh, as most of you who have been following uh, this channel know, I've recently put out a film called What Comes Next, and it's all about Middle East politics, Israel, and UFOs, believe it or not, uh, prophecy, and how all of these things kind of mesh together. And especially in light of recent news, the, the government's coming out with even more UFO footage that they're actually confirming is real, which, uh, again, it blows my mind that we're living in this day and age. It blows my mind that this kind of stuff is going on. Um, but this is something that Derek Gilbert and I uh, predicted in our book, The Day the Earth Stands Still. And uh, that came out before we got official disclosure in uh, 2018, you know, end of 2017, beginning of 2018. Uh, but we predicted exactly what that was going to look like and what we can expect in the future. And so based on that, um, I've, I've just completed a new film on all of that. And, and I think that it, it's really needed today. I mean, it's a very timely thing. It also talks about how things might change uh, from the Biden presidency. Um, because when all this happened, Trump was in office. So what's going to change? Uh, in the film, it talks about all of that and more. And I wanted to show some excerpts from the film in this episode. So if you haven't had a chance, make sure to go to dailyrenegade.com and become a member, and then you can get the film. You can watch the whole thing. Uh, now, it's only available for paying members right now. It's only for monthly or yearly members. So uh, you can try the free trial if you want to get a free trial and just see if you like it. Uh, but you're not going to be able to get the, the film with the free trial. Uh, and I've explained why in, in other episodes, uh, but basically it comes down to censorship and trust, and there's just a lot of different things. Like, for example, Amazon has already blacklisted this film. Uh, can't get it on Amazon. And they even said that we, we can't appeal it, and they, can't, they won't tell us why. So uh, it, it's, it's kind of funny because I have a film called Silent Cry, The Darker Side of Trafficking, which is all about, like, the occult side of, of child sex trafficking that's on amazon believe it or not that's on amazon but this film what comes next is not so uh, i wanted to show some excerpts now of course i can't show the whole thing and i have to edit certain things out because it's youtube uh, of course and then i'm going to show even more uh, in the members only section and you might be asking well if you have to be a member to see the whole film why are you doing that this is so people who just want the free trial so they can see even more of uh, excerpts from the film to hopefully make the decision to become a paying member and, and get the whole film and support our ministry. That, that's what we're really after. So because of that, we're going to uh, use the first half of the program to show uh, a large excerpt from the film. And we're going to use the second half to show another excerpt from the film. So uh, if you haven't had a chance, head on over to dailyrenegade.com. Also, right on the home page, because the world is becoming an ever-increasingly darker place, and the world is, frankly, after you, and they're after me, and, and you know, they're, they're after us because we're believers, because we're Christians, because uh, we, we, find, we, we put our alliance and trust in Jesus, so because of that, uh, the dark forces of the world are, are going to be after us. Now, one of the ways that they can cripple us is through our finances, and we've been seeing that start now. We've been seeing a lot. If, if you keep up with uh, Daily Renegade, then you've been watching the show that Terry Saka hosts, uh, Wealth Transfer News, and that is all about prophecy and especially like in terms of the economy and how to protect our assets. We have a free episode of the Sharpening Report uh, right on the homepage of 
DailyRenegade.com. Anybody can watch this. You don't need a free trial. You don't need a membership. It's just free for everybody. But I highly encourage you to watch that episode and learn how you can protect your finances. Uh, it's through Cornerstone Assets and uh, Asset Metals. And this is a Christian company. They're Christian first. They are not out to get your money. And also, this is not a get-rich-quick scheme. All this is is protecting your assets. Now, as the uh, it, it's investing in silver and stuff, but you invest in silver. The price of silver pretty much stays steady, but the economy goes down and down and down. So, you know, it'll look like over time that you're actually making money. You're really not. You're just holding on to the money that you already had, and the money you already had becomes more valuable as the economy tanks. And um, we're we're in that day today. So, uh, so because of that. I, I want to ha have everybody have access to how we can protect our assets, uh, and there's free information available. Go to dailyrenegade.com and watch that video. And uh, also, if you already know that you're ready and you already want more information from the company itself, there's a link in the description below that you can check you, you can check out and um, you know request some information. They will talk to you personally. Uh, it's a great company. I own some silver myself. I, I highly suggest everybody should do this. For, for a long time, we have been saying, you know, we want our own thing. We as Christians, we don't want to trust in the satanic banking system. We don't want to trust in, uh, you know, the, the, the fiat stuff. And we want real tangible things that we can uh, have for ourselves and pass down to our family. Uh, that, that's kind of what it's all about. We want to leave stuff for our families uh, after after we pass on. And that's an important thing. Uh, we need to be doing that. So here, we finally do have our own thing. Christians have built this from the ground up. Uh, so like I said, Cornerstone, it, it is like a Christian ministry effort for the rest of us that they're doing. So take part in it. It's really easy, and you don't have to know. I, 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 my strong suit is not like the economy and financial systems and stuff like that. It's not my strong suit, but uh, they've made it very easy for me, and you, you can protect your assets. So make sure you do that again. Um, go to dailyrenegade.com, watch that episode, and if you're interested, if you feel like uh, God's calling you to do this, it, keep it in prayer. That, that's also important, too. Um, I, I, I don't know everybody's individual needs. This might not be for you. I don't know. Uh, but keep it in prayer and see what God wants you to do. I, I think that this is something that we as Christians can benefit from, and we can, uh, the, the less dependent we can, the, the less dependent we can make ourselves on the world, the better. You know, we, we want to be able to depend on ourselves as Christians, brothers, sisters, our, our, as our, our family in Christ. We want to be able to depend on ourselves because we know that the world is going to fail us time and time again. So, uh, so make sure you do that. And if you want to, again, if you want to see the whole film, um, become a paying member at dailyrenegade.com. You can get a monthly membership or a yearly membership. Either way works out great. Uh, the yearly membership, you actually get a better value if you can if you can if you can do it. You get two months for free because it's only a hundred dollars a year as opposed to ten dollars a month. Uh, so ten dollars a month, that's one hundred and twenty dollars a year. Um, so instead of doing that month to month, if you if you can do it just all up front, then just do the yearly, and uh, we'll make it really easy. Also, what that what what your membership money what what it goes to, <laughs> it goes to continuing this ministry so we can bring you more uh, more groundbreaking films like um, uh, like what comes next and and like the amazing films that Michael Stibbs is putting together, which you can also get there. Uh, but we also want to reach the 
we, we want to give the, the gospel to the world. We want to reach the world with the gospel. There we go. Those are the words I'm looking for. Um, as you can tell, I'm very excited about all this. So uh, Daily Renegade is, is heading in a really good direction. We are probably going to be um, leaving our current web provider because it, it's very clear uh, if you're a member, um, then you know we, we do pay attention to you guys. We try to take care of you as best as we can. And it's clear that uh, we, we go through Wix right now. Wix is clearly not built to handle, uh, really what it is is they're not built to handle all of the content that we're able to provide you guys. Um, so because of that, there have been some limitations and uh, you know, it takes a while to load, for example. Like when you when you log in, you have to let it sit on the login screen after you click log in, and then, you know, after a few seconds, it'll go into the website. And because of that, some people have thought that when they click log in, that it's not logging them in. It is, it just takes a while. So all of that, though, we are looking into other options right now. We're, we have a couple other providers that we want to go through uh, that we're looking into that um, can guarantee they're not going to censor us because we have controversial content on our uh, website, uh, but also that can that that can support just the massive amount of content that we want to provide for you. Uh, so we are doing that right now. Very very soon, we'll probably be making the switch. But um, all of your all of your membership uh, fees, that's what it goes towards. It also goes. Excuse me, it also go, goes towards building an app, which we desperately want to do. Uh, and we've been talking about that for a long time, and we want that, that's like the very next uh, item on our priority list. We want to get the website up and running first and foremost and make that as smooth as possible. Then uh, once we get that running, we want to start working on the app. And it'll be for phone, um, hopefully for TV as well. Uh, so we're, we're looking into those options. The main thing is we want to find a provider that won't censor us. Um, so we're looking at things like Subsplash and a couple of others, but all of that though, we're, we're doing this to make this the, 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 uh, the, the, the best kind of fringe Christian sort of stuff. I, I don't even know if I like the term fringe Christian. I just use it because I have used it for years. It just basically means the kind of things that you're not going to hear in church. Typically, if you get a really good church, you will, but typically the kind of stuff we talk about and it's not because it's heretical it's not because it's not well thought out we don't we don't trade in just baseless conspiracy theory stuff that's not at all what we do personally i can't stand that stuff uh we we work really hard to give you just true theologically accurate correct information from the bible uh but we also don't want to shy away from topics just because you know they're 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 too dark or they're too difficult to hear so you know for example we have episodes on silent cry the darker side of trafficking we have several things like that uh so that kind of stuff we need to know what's going on in the world so we know how to protect against it how to defend against it uh but we also need to know just how to survive as christians in in this world that we are just passing through until we earn our eternal reward so we want to bring as many people into the family as we can we want to spread the gospel bring as many people in uh, and so, you know, one of my favorite messages to get is when, when somebody says, you know, I watched a video or I read a book and, uh, I became saved or, you know, you, you, I, I'm, I'm now saved out of this darkness that I was in that that's what it's all about. So contributing to daily renegade also contributes to those efforts. Okay. Uh, so now I'm going to play for you a, uh, a, a section of the, the film, what comes next and, 
keep in mind that this is going to be heavily edited because there's just a lot of things that YouTube won't allow. And so we have to be really, really careful. There's so much more to this film than I'm going to be able to show here. Uh, so because of that, just, just keep that in mind. Uh, then we'll we'll cut to break and then we'll come back and if you if if you want to see more excerpts but you don't know if you want to financially support us yet that's fine you can get a trial and then you can get the rest of this episode so that's why we're doing the 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 extra content at the end uh, if you're already a member then you can just go and watch the film and you can enjoy the whole thing uh, so we're going to be doing that for uh, this episode here uh, here, and, and uh, I, I think we're going to do it on one of our other shows too. Um, so that being said, uh, enjoy. Here is an excerpt from What Comes Next. This is a truly historic moment. It will be known as the Abraham Accord. Ever since the news broke of the peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates, many Christians have been wondering what it all means. Is it significant? Is it momentous and historic? Or could it even be prophetic? Most importantly, after this, what comes next? Everybody said this would be impossible. We certainly live in strange times. Some might even say prophetic times. This is something that I wonder about too. Do things seem to happen frequently with Israel specifically because we live in a prophetic time? Or is it just that we think we're living in prophetic times partly because things happen so frequently in Israel? You know, honestly, that's a question I still have, and I don't think there's a clear biblical answer to that. You know, as far as we know, every generation since the time of Jesus thought that they could be the last one. And it seems like that feeling is increasing in our time. Now, is this because it's true, or is it because we live in an age of constant information? You know, anything you could ever want to know about what's happening in other areas of the world is easily accessible to us. So is that increase in access just making it appear as if more things, even prophetic things, are happening? Hi, I'm Pastor Steve Ciccolanti, and I am a pastor here in Melbourne, Australia, the famous city of the COVID lockdown, the worst lockdown in the Western world. Before I was a Christian, I considered myself a deist. That means that I came from a background of Buddhists, Catholics, Methodists and Muslims, and I actually grew up with all of these religions and I wore a Buddha and a cross on the same neck. When I found Jesus Christ, or when He found me, I took that off and I realized Jesus is the only one who can save. God's blessed me with four best-selling books on Amazon. We also have two great YouTube channels. And we believe that we are one of the early pioneers of online church. So it's a privilege for me to bring the Word of God to you about prophecy. With so many failed end-of-the-world predictions, 
We have to be really careful about firmly attaching the truth of Scripture to whatever our fallible interpretations might be. And the reason is simple. If we're wrong and we have claimed Scripture was informing us, it makes it appear as if Scripture itself is wrong. So instead of bringing the Scriptures down to our fallible, imperfect level, we should try and raise our understanding up as close to truth as possible. But then we have to also have the humility to admit we could be wrong on the rest. For example, I believe there is a pattern involving historic events with Israel that is so consistent, I've now made two admittedly loose predictions that have come true. And I'm not saying these are prophetic, nor am I wishing to attach these to scripture, because I could be wrong. And if I'm viewing it correctly, it has something to do with the unexpected Abraham Accord peace agreement between Israel and the UAE. I'll talk more about the pattern itself a bit later, but first I wanted to take you along my journey to explore the significance of the Abraham Accord. Now, I have to admit, despite having these predictions typically centering around it, my strong suit is not geopolitics or understanding the intricacies of the Middle East. Of course, all this stuff had to do with Trump, which made me wonder how much things will change since he's no longer in office now. But before I could ask that question, I had to know more about what President Trump already did with these Middle East peace plans. So I decided to bring in a couple of experts who could help me understand what this peace agreement is all about. Now at the time I was putting all of this together, the world was still in lockdown due to COVID-19, which made travel incredibly difficult. So rather than interview these experts in person, I decided interviews through the internet would have to suffice. However, the stunning information they provided had well made up for the lack of in-person interviews. This is Bob McGinnis. I've retired from the Army. The last 18 years I've been with the Pentagon working on international relations. I once was the Vice President for the Family Research Council and have published six books with Defender Publishing Group. And I've traveled extensively in the Middle East for many years. Well, for years, uh, the UAE has had a a backdoor relationship with Israel of exchange of technology and you know, all sorts of um, you know, intelligence, uh, sales of a variety of things. But it would appear that uh, President Trump, uh, working with his uh, son-in-law, Jared Kushner, uh, have facilitated a relationship that uh, just ha was behind the scenes. He wanted to push it to the forefront. And of course, this serves a lot of purposes, not just for the United Arab Emirates, but also for yeah, Israel and, of course, uh, for the Trump administration. Uh, it's a winner uh, for many, and of course, it's a loser for our adversaries in the region, especially uh, Iran and Turkey. Along with Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis, I wanted to include Derek Gilbert into this conversation. Not only does he have extensive knowledge on prophecy and ancient history, but he was my co-author on the book The Day the Earth Stands Still, which is about the occult origins of the official disclosure movement and, strangely enough, 
UFOs actually played a significant part in this strange story. But before dealing with that, I had to ask Derek Gilbert and Lieutenant Colonel Robert McGinnis both to help explain what the peace agreement is and what it might mean. The peace agreement between Israel and the United Arab Emirates is at the same time both more and less than it appears on the surface. There's no question it is an historic agreement and that you, the government of Israel is establishing full diplomatic relations with an Arab government, and that is a big deal. However, unlike the agreements that it signed previously with Jordan and Egypt, the United Arab Emirates never went to war with Israel, and so that is different. Essentially, this peace agreement makes official uh, an unofficial agreement that has already existed uh, between Israel and the UAE, and, and now it's just coming out into the open. Uh, it is significant in that Israel and the UAE are the two largest economies in the region, which might surprise viewers who think that uh, Saudi Arabia somehow is uh, the most powerful of the Gulf states, but actually... The UAE, which is the home of uh, Abu Dhabi and Dubai and a couple of other uh, smaller emirates, is quite a, a, an economic powerhouse. And they've already collaborated behind the scenes on a number of projects. What this does is it marries officially the economic power of the UAE and the technological capabilities of Israel, which is uh, practically second to none in the, uh, in the entire world. So that is, that is an important deal. The Abraham Accord is very exciting. On the 15th of September, 2020, President Trump brokered a deal, a peace deal between Israel and the UAE. And this is highly significant because there have only been two other Arab countries before that have made peace treaties with Israel. Now, a peace treaty is really normalization of relationships. So it's far beyond a ceasefire, which Israel really has with Jordan. It's not yet normalization. If you've ever taken a tour to Israel, you would know that the checkpoint between Israel and Jordan is not at all a normal relationship. And many of the tour guides in Israel have never stepped foot into Jordan, which is part of the Bible lands. We, who are the Christians bringing pilgrims and Bible students to Israel, have probably seen more of Jordan than most Israelis. So even Jordan, who had that peace treaty back in 1994, has not normalized relations. It's extremely significant. It's symbolic, but it's also significant. It's not just mere symbolism that the UAE is normalizing relations. For geopolitics, it is producing a cascading effect of regional peace in the Middle East. So Bahrain followed suit. Sudan has followed as well to make a peace treaty. And again, this is normalization. This is not a ceasefire. North and South Korea, for instance, ended the Korean War with a ceasefire in 1953. So all that means is they're not supposed to kill each other, but they have this demilitarized zone and they didn't officially normalize their relationship. So that's why there's so much pain and so much conflict between the North and the South. All right, everybody, I hope you enjoyed that. We are going to cut to members-only content now. So if you haven't had a chance and you don't, again, if you don't know yet, if you want to financially support us, go get a trial and you'll get more excerpts of the film What Comes Next. If you've if you've already made up your mind and you know you love us and want to support us, then head, head on over to dailyrenegade.com and become a member today. All right, so we will see you over there. Thank you so much for watching, and until next time, take care and God bless.
All right, members only, thank you so much for being a member. I imagine probably most of the people watching the rest of this episode are trial members. So thank you so much for considering us, and we, uh, we, we hope that we earn your trust and we earn your support. So with that being said, here is uh, more from the film What Comes Next. There are people on both sides of this agreement who find something to cheer or complain about. There are those who see the economic possibilities, uh, again, of the technological innovation of the Israelis and being backed by the financial power of the UAE. On the other side, this uh, agreement is leading to a, a suspension, which may in fact be a permanent freeze on Israel claiming sovereignty over the Jordan Valley and parts of Judea and Samaria. Now, even there, there are people on both sides of that issue. There are those who feel that since Israel took Judea and Samaria, what the world calls the West Bank, in a defensive war in 1967, that they should exercise sovereignty over all the territory and consequences be damned. But the peace agreement that had been proposed by President Trump that would have led to uh, this declaration of sovereignty over a good portion of Judea and Samaria would have left a number of Jewish settlements isolated. Uh, in fact, a friend of ours lives in one of those communities where had this agreement proposed by President Trump, the so-called deal of the century, gone into effect, it would have isolated his community from Jerusalem. And people who commute to Jerusalem from this community now and get there in 20 to 30 minutes would have to go by way of the Jordan River Valley, which would have lengthened their travel time to about an hour to an hour and 15 minutes, depending on traffic. The main takeaway from this is that it recognizes the geopolitical situation in the Middle East and that the Sunni Arab governments of the Persian Gulf see Israel as a necessary ally to contain the growing power of the Shiite government of Iran. You have all sorts of complaints from the likes of the Palestinians, uh, other Arab nations, and of course uh, the likes of Hamas and Islamic Jihad, uh, etc. Yeah, they don't like the deal, but the reality is that the Israeli population understands Netanyahu, especially his support on the right of the political agenda there, very much wants this annexation. And of course, the people in the occupied area, or what they call the West Bank, uh, don't particularly care for this delay because uh, that means they have to live under Palestinian authority to a certain degree for you know, the unforeseeable future. I think it also tells us about the leadership of Donald Trump. Why is it that this businessman could achieve what none of the other politicians could do for seven decades? We've had continuous conflicts between Israelis and the Middle Eastern nations since the end of World War II. So why could a businessman do this? First of all, Trump did not take the stance that most politicians take, which is that America has to pretend that it is a neutral party. Donald Trump says, no, we're not a neutral party. In any deal, we're going to put America first. We're not neutral. The Middle Easterners respect that. In the Middle East and Asia, the idea of neutrality doesn't stand. You know, we all know that everybody comes to the table with a personal agenda. Somebody wants something. That's why we're going to make a deal. Trump wrote the art of the deal and he totally understands this so he came to the table saying this is what we want this is what israel want what do you want
I don't know that there's a lot of risk to either Israel or the UAE in this particular arrangement, because again, the UAE never went to war with uh, Israel. Even as part of the coalition that fought Israel in 48, 1967, 1973, or during the recent troubles with the Palestinians, the Intifadas. The UAE is a much more moderate and tolerant government than um, the other Sunni Arab states in the region. And this is not even by uh, comparison to those Sunni governments. It actually is a pretty Western-facing government. So I don't think there's a lot of risk on either side here. I think what it does, though, it, as far as the Israeli-Palestinian uh, relationship, is that it forces the Palestinians to consider that they are rapidly becoming isolated from their Muslim brothers. Because while the UAE has now made their kind of secret relationship with Israel now official, and according to the foreign secretary in the UAE, they plan to move very quickly in uh, developing this relationship and exchanging embassies and so forth. The Saudi government, under the uh, direction really of the true power behind the throne, Prince Mohammed bin Salman, they have been cooperating and collaborating with the Israel behind the scenes as well. And Palestinians are increasingly isolated from their neighbors. The Jordanians don't want them back. Uh, the Syrians don't have any use for them. As they are rapidly losing allies, and especially their wealthiest Sunni allies, the Palestinians may be forced to capitulate and start gi and giving on some uh, key points that they have uh, declared non-negotiable. It's great for Israel. Keep in mind, Israel has fought four major wars against Arab states over the last 72 years. This is the third nation within the Middle East to align itself with Israel, to share embassies and to recognize Israel, Egypt and Jordan being the others. There are 57 Muslim majority nations around the world. Uh, the first one to align itself with Israel was Azerbaijan. And that relationship, which is many decades old, has really prospered Azerbaijan. And given reason why the likes of United Arab Emirates has said, look, Azerbaijan did well, Egypt did well, as has Jordan, so why shouldn't we? And I also understand and believe firmly that Saudi Arabia is uh, approving of this particular move. Um, and of course, that in part is uh, the geopolitical issue here is pushing back against uh, Iran and Turkey, which are the hegemons in the region that don't want Israel to uh, align itself. Now, prophetically, uh, you'll, you'll perhaps see why people are saying Ezekiel 38 is in play here and that Sheba and Dedan are now on the side of Israel, which of course would set up an end time scenario. I don't know, we'll have to see what develops here. Mr. Trump, you know, he's been struggling with the Palestinian issue, so the Palestinian issue to a certain degree is set to the side, uh, but not all that long. He is demonstrating great leadership in a very troubled part of the world. He took away the bargaining chip that a lot of the Arab countries have, which is, oil. So he made America the largest oil producing nation on earth. 
So some might dispute: Does that make America energy independent? Well, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter what your definition is. America does not really depend on other nations' oils because they are producing more oil than anybody else. Of course, in a global economy, we understand nobody's completely independent of each other, and the price of oil is going to be affected by many, many nations' activities. Then he increased the leverage on his side. He went ahead and said he supports the annexation of Samaria or the West Bank. The Israelis know they already control 61% of the West Bank, and this was symbolic. But symbolism matter to cultures of honor. So the Arabs said, "Hey, you know what? I don't want you. We don't want you to go ahead with this annexation of the West Bank." But Trump gave them something to kind of save face and give them a compromise. Through the Abraham Accords, by normalizing relations between Israel and the UAE, they're not going to annex the West Bank yet. Trump knows the art of the deal. He employed the classic carrot and stick type negotiation. His stick was very clear: it's justice. He's an agent of justice. He's an avenger for God. He made it very clear to the Muslim nations that he means business. He ordered strikes. That eliminated at least four terrorist masterminds. He killed the leader of ISIS, Abu Bakr al Baghdadi, in October 2019. He killed what he termed the world's number one terrorist, and that was General Qasem Soleimani in January 2020, right at the beginning of 2020. Then he killed the founder of Al Qaeda in Yemen, Qasem al Rimi. This was in February 2020. Then just recently, he's killed the second in command of Al Qaeda. So he means business. So, if you want to mess with Trump, Trump will employ the forces of American might to protect American interests. And of course, the Iranians know this, but the Arab nations also know. Trump means business. He's not just giving empty threats. That's the stick. But he also offers the carrot. As a good businessman, he says, "Well, what do you want? You want prosperity. You want peace. You want tourism. You want commerce. You want to develop your real estate." He's the perfect guy to make these promises. He did it with Kim Jong Un. It was successful. There's been no more nuclear testing, which I think there were at least four nuclear tests during Obama's years. But now, no nuclear tests from North Korea. So he employed that classic carrot and stick diplomacy with the Middle East, and that's why we have the Abraham Accords. And this is now a cascading peace accord in the region, which is bringing many, many other nations in the region to normalize relations with Israel. It's difficult for us in the West to really understand the facts on the ground in Israel because what we get in the form of information is filtered through the Western media, which is very much anti-Israel, generally speaking. In talking with people in Israel, and that does not make me an expert because again, I'm getting opinions from a couple of folks who, while they're Keen political observers is just a couple of opinions from people there on the ground. It's it's helpful, but I, like I said, I certainly don't want to come across as an expert on this、uh, subject. I think generally speaking, this is good for Israel when it can establish normalized relations with any of its Sunni Muslim neighbors, any of its Muslim neighbors. I think that's a good thing.、Um, for us in the West to declare that this is somehow dividing the land, well, really, this is just simply acknowledging the facts that are already. That already exists on the ground. The reality is that Israel already exercises sovereignty over most of Judea and Samaria as it is. It's just not acknowledged or recognized by the world, which is why the world calls Judea and Samaria the West Bank. Just as the world still considers the Golan Heights to be part of Syria, which has not been the case since 1967. I don't think we can read into this a, a division of the land because the truth is Israel really controls what goes on inside Judea and Samaria, even in the areas that are under the control of the Palestinian Authority. Push came to shove. Israel 
would be able to take it back very quickly. And again, it's easier for us to say at a distance of, you know, on the opposite side of the ocean, that Israel shouldn't do this without actually being there to see what it looks like on the ground. What's interesting is that uh, uh, one of our friends who lives in that community that I mentioned that would be uh, isolated if the deal of the century were actually to go into effect, tells me that contrary to what we've seen in, in most of the Western media reports, many of his Arab friends in nearby villages in, in Samaria would actually prefer to live under Israeli control than under Palestinian control. Now, we don't hear that in the Western media, but the truth is most Arabs living in those areas look at Israel and see that it is prospered and that people, generally speaking, have a lot more freedom than they do. The Palestinian Authority is absolutely corrupt. It's serving to enrich Mahmoud Abbas and his sons. If you're not a friend of Abbas, you're, you're really kind of an afterthought when it comes to the government of the Palestinian Authority. So they're tired of conflict. They would assume just like most of us, be left alone to live in peace, raise our children in a safe area and enjoy life. It's more complicated than we in the West can understand. So I think we should maybe step back a little bit and try to stop telling Israel how it should govern its own land. I think this is just the start. President Sisi of Egypt, you know, really applauded this move, as I suspect that, you know, the crown prince of Saudi Arabia does as well. You know, what we see in the future is perhaps Bahrain, Oman, Morocco, Saudi Arabia, in fact, and perhaps you know, even Qatar, you know, aligning themselves uh, diplomatically, officially with Israel. Uh, that would be a major coup, uh, but I think something that is very much in the work. Uh, and this, of course, is, is fanned to a large degree by the antagonism coming out of Tehran and uh, obviously out of Erdogan from Turkey. Uh, these countries want to uh, put aside some of their animosity, uh, but at the same time, they need to recognize that working together and with Israel uh, might serve their best interest. It's my belief that pretty soon we're going to have tolerance in the region. We're going to have the ability to respect each other's religion, worship freely, and that is the platform for the gospel. So why is that significant? Because the main agenda of the church is to proclaim the gospel to everybody, and the Muslim countries have been closed. This peace is not the false peace of the Antichrist. We're not in Revelation 13 yet. We're far from it. So we are in the space where the gospel is going to go and get preached in all the world as a witness to all nations. This is excellent. This is an excellent development that Christians should not be afraid of, but should be very thankful. So the Abraham Accords really is appropriately named. It's bringing together by Abraham, by his name, the three major religions of the world, not in an ecumenical one-world religion, but to have tolerance and have peace, that's very good for the region. All right. Thank you all so much for watching. And again, we uh, we just pray that you consider financially supporting us and getting a membership so you can get content like this and so you can help us contribute to creating more content like this uh, for Christians and non-Christians alike. You know, we, we want to bring people into the family, but once they're in, we don't want to just leave them high and dry. We want to disciple uh, and, you know, make disciples of all nations. It's, it's not just get people saved. We want to disciple them and teach them and help them uh, grow in their sanctification in the Lord throughout this life. So uh, all that being said, thank you so much uh, for watching. And until next time, take care and God bless.